to another episode brought to you by Wraith Trek's Nameless Performance Resonator, as you just heard. Uh, so I have Josh, the owner of Wraith Trek, on this episode of the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to him about um, his build, um, why he chose the color he did, and um, just all the mods that he's done and some of his recommendations and thoughts on on things that he has. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get into it, but as before, I want to go ahead and do a little shout out to people who shared on their stories, um, or who, uh, sent me a message and, uh, just told me that they like the podcast. So here we go. We've got PNW Autocar, Falcon Roo One, NR, the OBXT, J Rusiaki. I hope I pronounced that correctly. PNW OBXT, Ranger the Roo, Frankentrek, and BKX Trek. Thank you all so much for uh, your support of this podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening and for telling people about it. And uh, keep spreading the word. And um, tell your friends and tell them to subscribe and tell them to listen. And uh, reach out if you want to be on the podcast. So here we go with the conversation with Josh. How's your day been going? It's uh, It's been a crazy, hectic day today, actually. So at first, I had to go get a flu shot because I can't go back to college without a flu shot. Forgot to ask for the COVID test because I need one of those to go back to college. So college is crazy right now. After that, my friend was like, hey, do you want to hold fire? And I was like, I guess that sounds cool. So <laughs> we ended up doing like a whole impromptu photo shoot where I guess if you take soap and water and then you get like butane you put the butane in and like make it makes these bubbles that you can light on fire and it, they just kind of like light up and they're gone so it was really cool so those were some of the photos that i was sending you earlier we got to like do some cool photo shoots with that and then i had to go not me but i had to go bring somebody to get a haircut um and then got home and was like oh my gosh i have to get ready for the podcast now so it's <laughs> been a it's been a hectic morning or a hectic day yeah i uh my day is pretty typical i gotta get up early and take my son to school and then come back and work from home and then for lunch went out and went to whole foods and got some stuff plus i just like any opportunity to drive my car so <laughs> yes i uh i don't blame you the uh the cross track that you're driving now that's not your first cross track is it no it is not so i guess if we're going all the way back like, cause, like for for reference uh i'm 21 so the first time I saw a cross track was like, you know, seven years ago when everybody else saw them and yeah. it was the uh, orange tangerine and they always struck me. So it's um, as soon as I saw that it was the rims, actually, I was drawn to the rims and I was like, I love this car. It, it looks really cool. And I guess they did a good job. You know, it appealed to a younger audience and I, I love the car. And um, when it came time, so I had inherited my grandfather's pickup truck when I I had turned 18. He had passed away. I inherited his pickup truck. I had ended up selling it because I live up in New York. Mm -hmm. His was a front wheel or rear wheel drive V6, um, two, uh, two wheel drive. So it didn't have four wheel drive. So up here, it wasn't that good. He didn't drive in the winter. So that's why he got that. He could afford to do that. He didn't need a crazy pickup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I sold that 
Um, and then my mom matched me. I had 5,000. Um, she matched that. And we went to, we had this whole long day. I used to work at Best Buy and I had to get to work at like six o'clock, but we woke up at 9 a.m., went to New Jersey and checked out this Subaru Forester that was on sale. And it was just like the worst Forester that you could get for, <laughs> they wanted like $12,000. There were so many issues with it. And I was just like, you know what? No, I can't do this. And we were on our way back home. And there was a like this I, I had to be to work in like an hour. And there was this small, like little sketchy used car sales lot. Yeah, I know what and, you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so I walk in and I was like, Hey, I have I kind of have to get to work, but I have ten grand. Can you get me a cross check? And they said, We just picked one up uh, about an hour ago off this guy. And it wasn't like any sort of like they weren't saying that because usually they are sketchy, but I get in the cross check, which was my first one, my uh Desert Khaki twenty fifteen. And, um, the, the person they bought it, the lunch was still on the back. I opened the glove compartment. It was still like filled with the original dude stuff. So it was very clear what? that they literally just bought wow. the car. So they were like, we'll do 10 grand right now. If you take the car, we were not going to clean it. We'll fix the mechanical problems. Um, so I bought my first cross trek for $10,000 with 102,000 miles on the clock. And wow. I would not recommend that. <laughs> um, but at the time for me, I had gotten the car that I'd really wanted at yeah. my price point and um for better or for worse i got a cross check and i i say that because if i didn't get that car i probably wouldn't have bought the 2021 that i have now how long did you have it then so i got that in summer of was it 2018 or 20 i think it was summer of 2019 okay um because I had it for, no, no, I think it was because I think I had it for two years. So I had it for a year before I started doing anything to it. I moved to North Carolina on a co-op um, and I started getting income and I started like seeing some pictures on Facebook and I was like, oh, that looks cool. What are those? I've never seen lights mounted up there. Uh, they're <laughs> being on the ditch lights. So I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah, that seems cool. And then I got my sign on bonus for that job. And then I spent like a grand on Amazon. <laughs> and after that, it went, it, it was, the rest is uh, history. From there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how I started. It's, uh, it's a very slippery slope. Well, uh, I have a similar story as far as my first experience with a cross trek. Uh, I was coming, and I, I've said this story before, but I was coming back from work, was walking through the parking garage, turn a corner, and I see an orange 2013 cross trek and i was like it was the the orange color struck me because it was so bold and different but then the black accents are kind of what drew me in and it just it looks so different from any car i'd ever seen and i just really liked it and it's just ever since then you know i really liked it but it wasn't until a few years ago that i was really like okay my next car is definitely a cross trek and so now i'm i you know and now i'm glad to have one absolutely yeah. So what what happened with that cross trek? Because now you have a 2021. Is it a sport? Yep. Yep. That's a sport. Okay. Um, that was the main reason I even contemplated. Well, so one reason is, is I could, you know, once you drive a car for a couple of years, you can kind of feel it. And it started to feel like the CVT was going out on me. Mm -hmm. So that was like my main driving factor. Drive. That was my main driving factor for picking up a new one. Um, and, you know, the timing with the sport just being released. Um, it was kind of perfect because I was like, all right, let me go see how much the dealer can trade it in for. And that was one of like the really contingent factors. If I were, if I was going to get it, I was looking to get seven grand. They said 7,500 and I said, you have yourself a deal. Yeah, there um, you go. So between my co-op, I was able to, you know, budget it out so I can 
while I'm at college for a year, do my car loans until I, or my car loan payments until I can get back and uh, until I can start working again after college. So it's it all just worked out perfectly. The cards lined up great, yeah. and um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy with it so far. With the uh, with the color that you got, was that your first choice, or and and like, what was your decision, or I guess. How did you base your decision on what you got? I mean, were you looking at like you really wanted a sport and you wanted that color or were there like, okay, I really want a sport, but I'm not torn on the color. How did that all play out? So I'm, I guess, really particular when it comes to that. Right. So I, I went into it like I want, um, what is it? Uh, the plasma yellow pearl. Cause I thought that was the coolest thing, but then you start looking at it and then you look at it in some light and then you look at it in other light. And I start talking to the salesman a little bit. And um, the thing with plasma yellow pearl is in some cup co- in some light it just looks beautiful, in others it just looks like crap. Quite frankly, um, I don't know if I can use that word. Sorry if I can't. No. Um, in some, you know, in some light it just it looks better in others. Um, I like all of the, uh, the the baby food yellow or baby food green jokes, but um, I, I decided that you know what, in the long run. That's going to be the kind of color that I'm going to get tired of in a couple of years. Yeah. So I really wanted to get one of the new colors because for the 2021 model year, they got rid of orange um, and they introduced the plasma yellow pearl and the horizon blue, which is what I ended up getting. Um, so I was just happy that I got one of the new blues, or one of the new colors rather. Um, that that was one of my main factors. Um, in terms of trim, I was definitely getting a limited or a sport. Uh, cause I wanted the new 2.5 liter engine that again was one of the, that was, that was something I needed. Um, in terms of options, it has the moonroof rear assist braking package and really it's the, uh, or the blind spot monitoring rather the blind spot monitoring. Um, that's really, I, at first I didn't actually want that. And I guess I, I don't want to say I got upsold on it, but for like the rear cross traffic and the blind spot, I figure it's like $1,500 right now in the long run that saves you once it, it paid for itself. So I opted in for that. And um, the only other, and I, I knew myself and th- exactly what I thought was going to happen happened is I guess like the color regret. But the thing is, is it's happened to white. I'm like, Oh, white would have looked so good. Cause like after seeing like it's any, any cross track and white, when you start to get like the black and white look, it looks so cool. Yeah. Or like the pure red, the pure red looks awesome. Even like a little bit of CGK. I'm not like too big of a fan of CGK, but it's like, ah, that's so cool too. I, I, it comes down to all the colors they do are really cool. So no matter what, I was going to be happy. And no matter what, I was going to wish I had a different color. So so, so when did you get that car? Uh, so I got that August 31st. And I remember because they squeezed me in on the last day of like whatever financial promotion they got. So I got that on the last day of August and... I've been very happy with it so far. They actually, um, I don't think I posted about it much, but it did come with like five dents in the hood. Uh, so that was interesting, but luckily the, uh, the dealer, they had that fixed really quickly. I brought it back and I said, Hey, uh, I brought it home yesterday. I looked at the hood and it's, uh, there's a lot of dents and And they brand new car, huh? Brand. And there was even some like resin on the roof. And in hindsight, maybe I should have refused it, but I, this is, I I don't know if that's something you would do or like, Hey, I'm not going to accept this car until you get all that fixed. I don't really know. Cause that was, this was the first brand new car I've ever purchased. So it's good experience for the future. But, um, uh, they did get the hood looking factory new again. So that's good. That's what's important. So what do you, what mods do you have on it now? so far 
Um, I'm going to grab my phone really quick and look because I'm not going to remember all of them off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right now we have the rock box mud flaps for those are just the, those are without a doubt always going to get mud flaps. They just, in my opinion, they're always worth it. They look nice, but most importantly, they protect your side paint. They protect, especially if you're going off road stuff from getting kicked up and hitting the side of your car. So always get mud flaps for me anyway. Um, my diodynamics fog lights, those actually fit from the 2015. They, um, same exact mounting everything. So I was able to just swap those right over. Uh, weather tech floor mats up here in the North. Those are great to have where you can just take them out, hose them down. I mean, anywhere really, but especially yeah, with the salt sure. and going off road, they're a must have for me. Um, I have the full set of primitive skid plates. So I have the engine transmission and differential again if you're gonna do any sort of off-roading those are highly recommended even on my first outing i had a i felt the crunch coming over a hill that was probably a little too high yeah and um definitely uh definitely was like thank god i paid for those um i don't know if this is a mod really but falcon wild peak tires uh those have been awesome i didn't get the at3s i got the at trails the lighter more road friendly version okay and so far they've been great and I on the car. This is the uh, there's uh, we have the nameless cat back. So it's their resonated mid pipe as well as their five inch muffler. And that's honestly one mod that I think every I mean, it's the mod for me that every time I turn the car on just makes me smile. Just hearing it light up. <laughs> nameless does amazing exhaust work. So and really it, it doesn't sound much louder than stock. Um and oh. it just had yeah it has that good sound and i've seen people post about it they have little videos where they turn it on and it's like you know <laughs> it has that nice rumble and it sounds good the funny thing about this i don't know about other models but like i've noticed the cross checks they like to rev up really high when you first turn them on yeah so those cold starts always sound awesome but um what's i guess more important for me is that like it tames down really nice so like when you're cruising in like the highway and stuff you barely even notice it which i love um in terms of in the other in, in my garage, I have a lift kit that's waiting to go on. I did one inch rally tech springs. Oh, cool. Um got uh yeah, I got those at a great price actually. They were one uh one they were three fifty for the full set on Black Friday. Um nice. I'm just waiting because I have a friend who knows how to uh install them, so I was gonna wait to go install them with him uh once I get back up to school. Um I think the, oh, there's also I have a Midland radio. I don't I guess that's not really a mod, but that's another awesome little piece of kit that I have in there. Just kind of shoved in my glove box. And uh, I need to make something more official with that because right now the antenna is like <laughs> shoved up. If for anybody who is a Crosstrek uh, second gen, there's like a little plastic well that the rear seatbelt um, comes in. And I don't have any back passengers hardly ever. So I just kind of like shove the antenna in there and it fits like perfectly. <laughs> um, but I, d- I need to come up with a better mounting situation. So, so what, what would you say is your favorite mod so far? Um, it's between the Falcon wild peaks or the nameless cat back. Um, they're both fantastic, but I think at the end of the day, it's really the nameless that just that always it never ceases to put a smile on my face. I absolutely love that and would buy it a thousand times over. Yeah, I can imagine going out and yeah, because I know I, I noticed when I didn't know anything about the uh, the high revving cold start when I bought my car, I was like, this thing like 
it's like an old car where you have to like <laughs> wait for it to warm up, you know, before you can go. And and I have a manual too, so like when I put oh, it yeah. in first, it'll kind of like I can just idle, not even push on the gas and roll. So it's <laughs> uh, you know it does that for a little bit, um, but. Yeah, it, it's uh, it. I can imagine that sounds really nice every day when you go out and start it up. Yeah, I, the only thing is, is like I said, it definitely tames down. But when it when it's at like that first, like really loud when you first turn it on, I'm like, sorry neighbors, sorry neighbors. Like I have two elderly neighbors on either side of me, and I'm always like, please don't be mad at me. Please don't be mad yeah. at me. I mean, it's not insanely loud, but like if you were if you were trying to wake up in the morning but if you were waking up and wanted to go back to bed it would definitely be loud enough to make you say oh come on come on buddy there? yeah there's, yeah <laughs> there's that cross trek again mhm uh, so i know you said that you have the uh, lift kit that's going to be going on are there any other mods that are coming up so one that i'm not going to talk about um it's mainly going to be the uh the i guess the big mod that i'm doing is the uh rally tech springs and i guess just to elaborate on that really quick i chose springs over a spacer lift uh just because fundamentally i don't like the idea of sticking a chunk of metal between your suspension and the body of your car Mm. and to me that just seems like more of a short-term solution um i didn't want to do any of like the iron man kits because those are just brand new and i don't know the longevity of that i'd rather Maybe maybe a year or two once I'm out of warranty. <laughs> um, but for right now, the Rallytech one inch springs, you know, it's not gonna. You're, it's just a direct replacement of your springs. It's gonna stiffen the ride because I commute to college a lot and I do a lot of camping. So uh, one issue that I really was hoping to, or that I am hoping to eliminate with them, is the sag in the rear because that's one thing that on my first gen you would have like you could stick like a fist and a half in the front between the wheel and the fender and in the back i can get like two fingers so that is uh one thing that i'm hoping to get rid of and that that was the main reason i wanted springs in the first place and i was like you know what i put on skid plates let me do the one inch so i can have a little bit more clearance too now do this is a good question because i was um thinking about this with with the uh skid plates do, do you know like have you talked to the dealership ask and ask them if that voids any kind of warranty or anything Honestly, for, so the way that I look at that is, why would it? I, I can't think of, if anything, maybe they would get you on like the rust and corrosion warranty. Because I think you have like a five-year warranty on that. I was looking at the uh, website the other day. Um, so maybe they could there could be some argument for that in terms of like you're removing the plastic shroud around your engine. Realistically, like I don't know what, I don't know what they could get you on. Because even for mine, I... Um, I cut out the plastics, uh, the plastic skid plate that's already there, the plastic, I don't know what they call it, but you can trim it out. So basically where where, mine, you you can almost not even really tell the difference of, or not, you can obviously tell, but like there's no gap. Whereas if you just put the skid plate on, you're going to have a little bit of gap in your wheel wells on the side where some debris can get up and same thing in the front ends on the edges. But I did my best to make sure that there's still like full coverage under there. Oh, that's good. So did you, does that mean you left part of the original skid plate or something? It's kind of like, um, like if this is the, I guess this doesn't help for audio listeners, but maybe for you, <laughs> this is, this is the skid plate. There's like the factory one is a little bit larger. So I kind of just trimmed. So there's like a sliver 
of plastic around the skid plate. Okay, so basically and, you just kind of cut out the dimensions of what the metal skid plate would be. Yeah, and ba- there's so the the primitive, that's what I use, the primitive skid plate, it lines up in the same four bolt holes that the factory one does. So I literally just set the factory one on top, traced it out and cut it and it was super simple to be able to retain most of the area that you would otherwise lose with the primitive. That's a good, uh, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and another thing I heard, um, I forgot who I was talking to, but they had mentioned that it also helps with road noise. Cause if that plate isn't there, some of the wheel noise can be introduced into the cab. So that's another reason people do it. Oh, yeah. That's good advice. Thank you. So you recently went out with a group of people to go uh, off-roading. So tell us a little bit about that. So that was the second Mountain Roo event I've ever been on. Been it, second Mountain Roo event I've ever been a part of. Um, and it was that was the first time I've really been off-roading. So the first one I did, and my area is really not that good for off-roading. There's um, one trail that I have that's like about a 20 to 30 minute trail. That's a 45 minute drive. Other than that, there's like some five minute, not even little trail heads around me. Uh, some of them you're trespassing, some of them you're not, um, some of them you don't know. Um, so I don't like to linger around those too often. There's not much near me and it's, it really sucks cause it's fun. Most of it is word of mouth. Um, so it's really about meeting people and f- discovering new locations like that. Cause there's probably like a gold mine around me that I just don't know. But, um, you know, I haven't been in it for too long, so it's, I don't know too much, but the uh the first event was really close but we did like one log trail like a uh, log cabin trail and that was that was cool but the first like real off-roading was this last trip in the pine barrens which is a really like cool area of new jersey um and the best way to describe it is like you're going down a highway but instead of exits on the left and right are just trailheads everywhere and like these sandy dune pits and it's it was really freaking cool um we got to one area and there was just like a this giant lake and razors and uh side by sides just flying over water and it was really <laughs> cool to watch um where the us and our subies trying to be like yeah, let's not get beached <laughs> or let's not uh flutter out our engines but it's yeah it was, for sure it was really cool uh picked up some <laughs> picked up some pinstripes along the way which kind of sucks on a 2021 you just you hear along this passing uh, yeah. door and you're gritting your teeth and you're like oh this sucks this sucks uh so now it's the big question of do i fix it but yeah the way um if anybody is like newer like me um find your local mountain group it, it was a two and a half hour drive i ended up camping and that was a whole experience in and of itself um but we did one day we met up at um, like a, we, it was a Wawa in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We lined up, had everybody there. Um, that's actually why I bought the Midland radio. Uh, Cause radios are so important. If you go off-roading um, they go, it just to be able to communicate to other cars that are in your group. So we had went hit up some trails. Um, our fearless leader blew up his transmission, which threw a wrench in our plans for day two. And we, uh, yikes. Yeah, wow. so the group that went camping, we kind of ended up splitting and going our own way because there was so many miscommunications after the leader, um, after his car blew up on us, which really sucked. But he he beat on his car really hard, and the first thing broke at eighty thousand miles. So I guess that says a lot of good about the ascent because that's what he was driving an ascent. Um, so it wasn't even like a manual he was beating on for eighty k. It was a it was a CVT that he beat on it. I think it did him well. 
still sucks that it blew up though. Um, but the camping, we had tried like some website where it's kind of like Airbnb except for campsites, and it was raining all day. We get to the campsite and the rain's slowly starting to pick up, and we're like, we're in this giant open field, and uh, we notice like. The, the water's starting to rise <laughs> so we have all of our tents pitched and uh fortunately this guy has like this saw mill enclosure thing i guess it was probably part of the property originally it was actually really cool to like explore but we literally like pitched our tents inside of this old sawmill where we you know didn't have rising water and it was uh, it was one of the most unique camping experiences i've ever had that's that's actually kind of cool yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, so. well, uh, it'll for it'll because I'm an Eagle Scout. I've done tons of camping in my life, and that that'll be uh, that'll be one to remember. It was uh, very interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, do you have anything? It was planned. I guess you probably don't have time to go do anything else before you go back to school. There's so I'm getting some new vinyls from Eccentric Designs. Go listen to the first episode if you haven't already. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm getting some new vinyls from her. So I'm hoping to do like one photo shoot on a new trail that I found. Um, and I, it, I'm hoping, because I live in a kind of a flat area in terms of trails. So I'm hoping to get like one of those shots with the mountains in the background. Uh, that's the pie in the sky here. But I'm I'm hoping I can get like one more shoot in before i go back but when i go back to school there's actually quite a few guys up there who this is going a little little ways back but i when like the whole pandemic and everything was first starting um well this is even pre-pandemic this was i was just starting off my spring semester of college um i was on my i was scrolling through facebook marketplace and i was like oh uh seat covers like waterproof seat covers for a subaru cross truck i was like okay that sounds pretty cool um so I met this guy up there and he, he was also part of the problem. He's the reason I actually created the Instagram account, uh, budget Trek originally. Cause he was like, yeah, no dude, you should do it. So I ended up meeting with him in a Walmart parking lot. I bought these awesome seat covers that I wish I could have kept, but they don't fit the second gen. Um, and he's the same one who's going to help out with the Springs. So I met him and from there it's, uh, it, it, that's when it really, it was a spiral. This was plummeting. <laughs> once i met him and um the addiction that is bought some seat covers off of him and he was the one who you know helped me make the or he was the one who told me hey you should make an instagram account for your car and i was like all right that sounds fine that fun i'll take pictures i don't know who would want to see that but a thousand followers later <laughs> it's been a blast um he actually knows of a lot of awesome trails up there there's actually some trails around the college it turns out so there will still be some cool stuff that i hope i can do once i get up there that's really good. Yeah. And you, you talk about flat. It's, I mean, I'm in Houston and the only, um, mount, anything that's above the ground is overpasses. <laughs> so <laughs> that and buildings. I'm, I'm So maybe we have different definitions of flat because I see a mountain that's maybe like a thousand feet and I'm like, that's flat. I mean, I, I could be completely overestimating what a thousand feet looks. I, I could be wrong with my measurements is what I'm trying to say, but I see a mountain that I'm like, I don't know, maybe it goes like, I guess a visual doesn't help, but I'm like, that's flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have like, we have stuff out in West Texas that it's hilly, but it's not really mountainous. You know, it's not until you get like into other States really that you get into mountains. I'd say what I have is like a step up. I wouldn't consider it a mountain just yet. I'd consider it a very large hill. <laughs> it's really hard here because we don't, I have to drive pretty far to get to any kind of trails at all. 
And you know what I find interesting about that though is like we and I'm I'm assuming we might have like similar um because it sounds like we're both in relatively like dry areas in terms of trails. It's like we look at like so many of these like glorified accounts where you have like these awesome like Pacific Northwest or California where you have like all these awesome desert trails and stuff or all of these like beautiful mountain ranges. But at the same time, like I I, th- I think we forget to appreciate what we do have around us because there's on the flip side, people probably looking at our posts like I wish I had something like that, you know? Yeah, that's true. And uh, we don't have to. Well, I don't have to deal with, you know, like four feet of snow or anything ever. <laughs> um, it'd be nice to have uh, some snow at least, but we don't get any here except for maybe like once every five or six years. And then it'll awesome. snow like crazy. And <laughs> we're like, where did this come from? But we haven't seen it in in a while. It'd be nice too, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, up up here where we used to have, um, I remember like as a kid, maybe it's because I was a kid, but like snow being up to my head and everything. But that's just that even like in upstate New York, we haven't had that much snow recently, and it, it kind of sucks. Like we got a foot recently, and that was nice, but I couldn't take out my car because up here I like to do undercoating on it, which is just protects against rust and stuff. And I didn't want to take it out on the salted roads to get to like these cool snowy trailheads before the underside was protected against rust. Yeah. See, now I am thankful for that. We don't have to deal with any of that here. We don't have to deal with any rust. Yeah. That was one consideration when I was getting the cars. Like, do I want to wait till I get to North Carolina? Um, Cause that's, that's probably where I'm going to end up after college. Um, so do I wait? Do I want to wait till I get there to buy the new car? But at the same time, I was like, well, if my transmission blows up, my uh, seventy five hundred dollar trade turns into like three yeah, grand sure. or something like that. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it now. And I'm gonna baby the heck out of it in terms of like you know rust protection. Don't I'm trying not to drive too fast on salt. I know that might be a little overly cautious, but um, trying not to get a rusted New York bottom. <laughs> nothing wrong with trying to take care of your car, you know. Yeah. So where did you come up with the name? So the, I guess we'll go back. We'll do budget trek first. That was just because I was a broke college student. I really couldn't think of anything. That's <laughs> when I was talking um, with my friend up in Rochester there. And I was like, well, you know what? I, I it was probably, I, I'm willing to bet at the time, 2018, that was probably one of the cheapest cross treks anybody had ever purchased used. Um, I'd be willing to bet on that. Um, so I was like, all right, you know what? Budget Trek seems fitting. Like at the time I was like being really savvy with mods, um, trying to, you know, buy as much as I could use now I'm trying to buy as much as I can new and quality. Cause I want this stuff to last 10 years. That's my goal for this car is to hit 10 years with it. So everything I do, I'm trying to make sure it's, um, as like good looking as possible or not good looking, but it's quality and not going to break on me and, I, and I'm going to be able to rely on it. So that's why I've opted for a lot more expensive brands with this one and going a little bit over the top. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, so that's how I came up with budget Trek uh, and then Wraith Trek um, Trek, I guess at this point really isn't that original for any cross Trek <laughs> account. Um, but the blue reminded me. Um, so I'm, I guess it's not, I don't really show that side much so i'm a huge gamer i've always always have been even since i've been like three my dad always had me on his lap while he was playing halo till like 2 a.m with his friends when i was a baby um so i've uh i've been playing video games all of my life my favorite franchise is halo yeah and the the wraith the color of it really reminded me of the blue of uh, the horizon blue pearl so i just kind of wraith trek that's how that that's how that came about 
That's good. That's very fitting. Yeah, because I wasn't, you know, every, everybody has a name, it seems, for their car, and it comes from somewhere. So it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to find out how people came up with the names. So. Yeah, I'm definitely not the best with coming up with names. I could, I, there probably is a thousand better names, but my uncreative mind, that's what it came up with. No, that's not bad at all, though. Um, you know, it's it's got to have a name. Yeah. I would think. It'd be kind of weird to not have a name, it seems like. Yeah, I guess in, in today's, I, I, um, I think it comes down to where we, we are our own worst critics. And I, uh, guess I'm just over, over judging my name. Cause you see so many other cool names. I'm like, Oh, that's so creative. Oh, that's so funny. What do I have? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of really catchy names out there. Cause I named mine Pearl because of the, the color. And that was really before I was following a lot of people. And I mean, it's, that it's not really super creative either because it's the, you know, the color of the car, but it just kind of seemed fitting and it just kind of came to me. Um, but then now I see like all these other ones out there and they have them on their license plate. And I'm like, man, that's like, not that I don't like the, you know, what I named it, but, or, you know, but it's like, I see all these other really cool ones and I think, could I have come up with something better? But no, yeah. I'm happy with it. So, yeah. After all this time, and I guess for me, it does come from a place of like childhood memory. So I'm I'm content with it, but I definitely, I agree. It's like, it's, I think we're just being overly judgy of our names because they're probably <laughs> really awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it because now I have Pearl on the um, gas cap. So, you know, and I don't care that I'm a 47 year old guy driving around with a, in a white car with the name Pearl on it. Yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> You know, it doesn't, I don't really care. I mean, I just, yeah. I just, I never thought that, uh, you know, you see people with bumper stickers on their car and it's, it looks tacky and, you know, and I have basically stickers on my car, but it's just way different. You know, it's decals, it's personalized. They're, you know, they're like really, they're customized too. And it's just, it, I just, I drive around now and I look at other cars and I'm like, these cars just look so plain. And I, I see yeah. these cars and I'm like thinking these people would probably never think about putting stuff on their cars like we do, you know? No, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting place where that comes from because I like to think about it from the opposite perspective too. And I'm always wondering, I'm like, is this person next to me just thinking like, why would they do that to their car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are we the crazy ones or are they the sane ones on this? No, but I think it comes, it's just really fun personalizing a vehicle because there's at the end of the day, there's millions of cross treks out there, you know, but there's not going to be one like the one that you build yourself. Um, and that, that's part of, that's one reason why I got into it in the first place. Um, modding it that is, is because I was like, well, there, I, there's so many, uh, desert khaki cross treks around. I want mine to look a little bit more unique. And, um, it just so happens the cross track is an amazing platform for that. Yeah, and I had no idea this whole world existed before I <laughs> no. bought my car. I mean, I just I I'd watched some I'd been watching YouTube videos for a while just like off-roading because that was one of the main reasons I bought my car because I wanted the ability to go off-road. Right. You know, nothing crazy, but I wanted to be able to just not stay on pavement all the time. So, um but now that I have it, yeah, I I, I had no idea. Yeah, so like when I um I guess if we were talking about like wise kind of my mom her company always provides her a vehicle because she does a lot of driving in her job. So she'd always get Subarus um just because of where we live the other options didn't have like four wheel drive or whatever. So she was already a huge fan of Subarus and that's I think part of the reason why she was okay going 
five thousand dollars in on a car with me because uh she knew you know subaru's reputation and um so i'd always just kind of naturally clung towards subarus because my mom always had them and they're always great cars uh then i saw the cross track and it's like oh that looks awesome that's like perfect for me and it's a safe it has the all-wheel drive the off-roading aspect wasn't even something that i knew much about i want to say until i really made the uh budget trek account originally and started seeing what everybody did with them like if you told me um like two years ago that i'd be taking my car where i do i wouldn't have believed you (laughs) and i imagine you probably wouldn't have uh, guessed that you would be personalizing it and modding it out and everything huh no I think that bug, I know I'd mentioned earlier that I had my grandfather's truck that I inherited. He always, he loved tinkering around with cars. He just, he was just tinkered with everything actually. But I think when he passed away, his passion for cars kind of came to me because like in his garage, he still has like, I'm not sure the brand, but it's like your classic uh, hot rod looking car. I, I, I'm really, I'm not sure what car it is, but it's like from the fifties and it's in pieces that he never finished. Yeah. But, um, his like that love and passion, I think that kind of came to me and just trying to like cling on to that. Once I started diving in, it was just head first, just like completely went overboard. <laughs> and I have no regrets. It's it's so much fun just, you know, making it unique, you know. Yeah, and I've I've all since I was a kid, I've had a passion for kind of going off road and I mean just simple things and it sounds kind of silly, but my grandparents my had uh, about an acre and a half of land, so my grandpa would always have his riding lawnmower and and um and he would you know sit me on his lap and drive me around. And then when I got old enough to drive it myself, I would like to go through the ditches. <laughs> and so you know, I always wanted to drive it like in the grass and through the ditches and make it go up and down and like over little you know divots in the in the ground and stuff. And then he had a jeep. And, um, we used to, uh, go, we would go up to our family reunion and he would take us out on the Jeep and there'd be spots where it was muddy and, you know, we would do stuff like that. So I kind of, it's just been in me to go off road. Thinking about it the first time, like my uncle, one day he came home and was like, Hey, I found this moped for 80 bucks (laughs) and he's a mechanic. So he fixed it up and got it working. So at that time I lived in like a more of like a, what is it? What's the one where you have a lot of houses around you? Suburban or suburban Suburban, area? We lived in like a suburban area where we had um, like some neighbors and stuff. But we had like this little tiny patch of backyard. And I rode it around there. And that was a blast for a little while, like 10-year-old me. But then we finally moved to the house where I live now. And there's like – unfortunately, it's been a lot more developed since we lived here. But before, we had just like all these acres and acres of woods in our backyard where there was like some logging trails, some just property that people drove on and we had quads around before one of us had a really bad accident. So they kind of no no more quads after that, but it was always fun. And I think that, that little bit of my childhood wishing that I had a quad, that's probably another reason um, I fell for the off-roading aspect, but I, I don't know if, I don't know. Um, I had the realization when, when I had went to the Pine Barrens with the Subaru group, I was like, what would really be fun? Like long-term goal, like 20, 30 years getting a side-by-side just looks like it's so much more fun because (laughs) there's us and our Subarus, right. Doing like five miles an hour, like hitting every bump, feeling it. But you have these guys ripping like 30 miles an hour, literally skipping over water. I'm like, 
that is that is what I would love one day. Um, I, I don't really know where that slots in with the super because it don't get me wrong, it's an absolute blast hitting up the trails with it. But I think like in the in the really long run, being able to just again, because like if you if you take you would never take your car 30 miles an hour. Yeah, you would you'd not. be worrying about I, so many things, but I think um for the technical stuff, the Subaru is so much it's so fun, but I think I would really love a side by side one day. <laughs> yeah, that was that, I've I went out to a park here north of Houston that was mostly for stuff like that and Jeeps and four wheelers and things and there's a lot of sand and probably not the best decision to go out there. I mean, I didn't get stuck or anything, but I could have and but it was still fun. You know, and you know, okay, I think this is where it comes from because obviously I have a brand new 2021. So my mind is like, I don't want to get a single scratch on this. I th- even if it was like an older Forester, because we had a, there was this guy, he had this amazing older Forester and he just full sent it on all of these um, like crazy obstacles. So maybe not even the side by side. I think that's just what, um, that's just what came to mind first. Cause there's just like, I have this awesome picture of like this huge, like tidal wave he caused um, in his side by side. But I think the, the no, craps given aspect of just having a car and maybe that's where this is going maybe one day hopefully i can just get like another car where i i'm not gonna have to care if i scratch the doors yeah Yeah, for sure just kind of have fun with it so here's a i have a question this is for me and it might be for other people that are new to the subaru community and i see this a lot um but what what does the term full send mean because i see (laughs) there's there's still stuff that i'm trying to learn there's terminology and i'm like wait they said that but I'm not sure what they mean. I kind of have the concept of what they're talking about, but I'm not 100% sure. To me, full send means the accelerator's pinned and you're hoping you're not about to roll your car. <laughs> that yeah. that's uh that's what it means to me. Are there are there any cars that you follow or any accounts that you follow that have kind of inspired you to do stuff or where you've seen something and you're like, "Oh, I've I've got to have that." You know, I see it on this one, I love that car. Not that you want to copy it, but you're like, it really inspired me to do certain things with mine. So not an Instagram account, actually. Let me just double check the name really quick. On YouTube, Adventure Inc. Exclamation point. And he also had a Desert Khaki first gen cross trek. I think it was a like 2016. And when I started buying all these mods, um, I looked it up on YouTube, like install blah, 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 blah. Turns out this dude pretty much has like every single mod that I ever wanted to do uploaded to YouTube tutorials and everything. So it wasn't really an Instagram account. It was um, Adventure Inc. on YouTube. And so many of his mods, I followed his tutorials verbatim. And that's how so many of the things happened on my car. And I think if you um, look at his cross track as to and where my first one ended, you can see lots of parallels because lots of the mods that he did were lots of the ones that I did just because... I I've only been doing this for like a year and a half now. I don't before, like again, two years ago, you told me I was going to be wrenching away at underneath cars and stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> Whatever, man. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. But it's the, the reality of it is so much of it is so easy. Um, even like doing lift kits from what I understand, like after being engulfed in this for a year, 
I'm like, I'd give it a shot myself. Like I have no desire to go pay a dealer. I mean, yes, it would be great to be able to have uh, that kind of extra money anyway to do that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know what? It's, it's also, I feel like it's so much more fun and rewarding when you do those mods yourself. You're like, yes, I was the one who put the blood, sweat and tears into doing this and that. And I think it really shows too. Yeah, hundred percent. And that goes for a lot of things too. You know, if there's something that you think about that you can do yourself and then you go ahead and do it and then you're done, you're like, Hey, I did that. Proud of myself. Check out what I did, you know? And then you can also be a resource for other people too. Oh yeah. So, um, two point, uh, the FB 2.5 versus the FB 2.0, the, uh, new larger engine, um, and the 21 cross track sport and limited, um, I was actually, one of my friends, uh, she owns a 2018 Crosstrek. Um, and I mean, I guess I could say coming from a 2015 to a 2020 or 2021, I can say, yeah, it feels more powerful. But the reality of it is, is you get so used to that extra horsepower, especially with that break-in period where it, you kind of, I guess you gain horsepower, you know, it's everything starts to like settle in you don't really get that feeling after a thousand miles. So by that time where it's fully broken in, I don't really have the comparison to my old car anymore, but after having the experience of just last weekend, driving the 2.0 uh, CVT anyway, cause I hear that the uh, six speed does feel a little bit peppier and a little bit snappier than the CVT just because it's a CVT. Yeah. Um, it really is night and day after dro- driving like a fully broken in 21 sport, um comparing it directly to a 2018 it's um like going especially going up hills i'm sitting there with the accelerator pin like come on when when are we gonna go come on car (laughs) um but the the best way that i can describe the the 2.5 is it just feels like how the car should have felt in the first place like that should have been the engine they put in every single cross track period that shouldn't be an option i guess that's kind of weird to say but the reality of it is it just feels right like i don't i'm not on a hill where i'm like all right come on car it just it goes up the hill you know you turn into the passing lane it passes cars you flip into sport mode and floor it you're up to speed on the highway in a couple seconds you know it's not you're not sitting there waiting for the car um it really does feel um it feels how it should and i think i'm gonna kind of go full circle here being a college student being somebody who likes to do some off-roading, being somebody who loves to go camping, the cross trick really is just a perfect car. And the extra 30 horsepower really helps that because I can't afford multiple cars right now. So I get a little bit more sporty with the extra horsepower. I get the ability to drive 90% of places you want. There's realistically like Subarus aren't the best off-roaders. I mean, I think everybody can admit that, but we can still go 90% of, trails any other jeep or lifted truck can go and that's that's a hard pill for them to swallow but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure uh we really can so it can get me to basically anywhere i want to go i think it just matters how many pinstripes i want to get along the way and um i get 30 miles to the gallon while doing it so it really it's just that perfect car that checks off all those boxes and the sport model was just that like that was the car that i'm going to need to get me through finishing college moving you know away from home and it's just it's awesome and it's so interesting that a car that can check off my boxes like that can also check off so many other people's boxes like you for example like it's a, it's it's so crazy how i get they just really hit the nail on the head with the cross truck <laughs> yeah and i always wanted a manual 
So I knew that they came in a manual, and that's what I was dead set on. I went and test drove one back in 2016, uh, back when I was considering, you know, just kind of toying with the idea of getting one back then. But I always wanted a manual, and I can't compare a manual to an automatic because I've never driven an automatic. So, But I like mine. I think it has plenty of pep for me. That checks that box for me. Honestly, I think it's um, it's a good thing that you didn't end up picking it up. And I was, you say, 2016, because um, from what I hear, the new six speed, because I think it was the first gens, they had five speeds with these newer ones. They have six speeds, right? Yes. Yeah. I hear lots of good things about the six speeds, at least in terms of highway driving. So I guess that's kind of a good thing you ended up waiting. If the if the sport came in a stick, that would have been my choice. But um. I, I have nothing against the stick. I just wanted, you know, I was all in on the hype for the new Sport 2.5 liter. Um, and I guess, again, realistically, having to go commute between college, eventually moving, I'm going to have to commute daily. Um, having the CVT isn't the end of the world for me. It would have been nice to have a stick, but maybe I'll just drive it hard, blow it up, and put a stick in in uh, six or seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I... Um... For me, like having the manual is, uh, you know, it's just I really, really enjoy driving it and I don't get tired of having to shift. And I don't really I don't really get into too much traffic. So I know I know people have been like, you know, have said in the past, like, why would you want a manual? You know, you have to sit in traffic and blah, blah, blah. But I never really have had a long commute to work. And the only time I sit in traffic is if I go somewhere that like I'm wanting to go across town or something and I might hit traffic. But other than that, I'm not really worried about it. And then as far as, you know, I really, really liked the first gen body style, especially the taillights. Um, and so like I was kind of disappointed that they changed the taillights on the, the second gen, but they've really grown on me and I really like the way the, the 2021 looks. And then especially the... Um, the reflectors down at the bottom because those custom Texas cutouts that oh, uh, yeah. eccentric design did fit perfectly down there because those reflectors are bigger now on the second gen. And I really like that. Right. So I actually have a love hate relationship with the, with the taillights on the second gen because I, I, I know why they changed them. And that's because you can get more trunk space. I don't know if you've ever like thoroughly examined the trunk of a first gen and compared it to the, or the, I guess let's say the hatch. I don't know if you've ever compared them side by side, but the taillights, they're kind of, they kind of cut into your trunk space a couple inches on either side. So by using the taillight design that they have on the second gen now, they can actually, you get a little bit more, I guess, room to put large objects in the trunk. So like that's coming to play. Uh, when I had to get a, like a large TV, for example, or just getting large objects in the trunk, it's way easier in the second gen. Um, but the aftermarket taillights you can get for the first gen are just so nice. I had like the, I think the, the Collins taillights on my first gen and they, they just don't compare on the second. There's nobody makes aftermarket taillights for them yet. And um, I really hope one day they do because I really love like the Collins lights that I had. They were just blacked out but they weren't like tinted they were just like these black gray and when you turn on they had like these really cool red reflection reflecting lights if you haven't seen it um look at my page or just look up any any most 
a lot of the first gen cross tracks have them. You'll you'll see them, but they're I love those so much, and I really wish there was aftermarket options. <laughs> Sorry, this is turning into um, my uh, my re- my deep desires for the second gen, but uh, hopefully one day we'll see them. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at that because it's not something I've really paid attention to, other than the shape of the uh, first gen light tail lights. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. It's definitely I I very much miss my first cross track, and that might just be because it was like my first like real car. Um, but at the same time, like the desert khaki just looks amazing. Um, that's probably by my, by far my favorite color. Um, and I really wish that I could have one. Maybe I'll just suck up it rather than dealing with pinstripes. Maybe I'll just wrap it one day. Um, yeah, I really wanted the orange because that was the first one I saw and I just liked how bold it was. And then I saw that it went away and then I was like, Oh, come on. And then they brought it back in 2018, I think. And so then I was hopeful, like, oh, the orange color's back, and then they don't have it anymore. So, but like with mine, I was originally looking at, uh, what is it like? I think it's like the khaki blue or something that they have. Is one yeah, of the, the gray khaki. Yeah. So there was one out. Khaki. Yeah, there was one out in San Antonio, which is west of Houston, and the dealership out there had somebody looking at it and they they told my my sales guy that if these people don't buy it then you can have it and it was a manual base model but they ended up buying it so i went so because like my i didn't really have a specific color in mind i just wanted a manual and i liked most of the colors i just well, i didn't want black because i really like the <laughs> Not that black doesn't look good, because I've seen some cross tracks out there that I'm like, man, that looks really, really good. But I really like the contrast of the black accents against a different color. That was that was actually what sold me on the blue, right? Because at first I was like, I didn't know how I felt about it. I'd taken some pictures to show some of my family and friends, and I just like saw the contrast between the black and the blue, and I was like, you know what? This, this color is awesome. And I've... Uh, there's so many times now with this blue that I've been like, you know what? This is this is a really awesome color. Yeah, you <laughs> but made even, the right choice. I the thing is though is I even like there was a white one. That was actually the first sport that I test drove. There was also part of me that I was like, do I just take the white? And even afterwards now I'm like I'm looking at like your car, looking at Ghost Trek and I'm like, oh, the the so the whites, they also look so good. I they're really I, I think it comes down to Subaru's just not they don't make bad colors. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm really, I really like the black and white theme. So that's what I'm going to stick with because I know some yeah. put some color on it, and I've seen some there where they have some color on it, and it does look really good with the white, the black, and then like you know a different color. But I think I'm just going to stick with the white and black yeah. for now. Oh, um, before we got too far away from it, one thing I wanted to mention about the orange, and like I was the same way. Like if I had, if I were able to choose my color, I would have picked orange, but what was really interesting and it was out that when I was buying this car, my uh, sales guy told me that actually like the most hated color is orange and like the most traded in color is orange, at least at my dealer anyway. And cause he was like, people just get tired of it. You know, it's like, it seems cool at first, but then you have it for a while. And, um, I guess people just get sick of a bright orange car. So maybe it's a good thing. We, you didn't get the orange. <laughs> I don't know, because, I mean, I've seen, you know, that was the first one I saw, and then I've seen him, you know, on Instagram, I see him driving around, and I'm still not tired of it. Like, I would still, if they they had offered that, and I found one in a manual, that's probably the one I would have gotten. Is there anything that you want to, like, leave people with? Any other advice or tips or anything, since you've had your car for a little while? Oh, geez. Um... (laughs) 
the the sport is definitely worth it. The um, if you can afford it, the extra horsepower, um, it's it goes a long way. It definitely feels it feels really good. Um, if you're like me and new to off roading, I I, I don't want to say I learned the hard way because I didn't learn the hard way, but definitely buy yourself a set of skid plates. It's five hundred bucks. It seems expensive, but even on my first time out, especially for like us unex- inexperienced folks, just get yourself a set of skid plates because I even hit my transmission on the first time. I hit the transmission skid plate. Um, so luckily that was there. Um, just get those. It's $500 is going to be way cheaper than a transmission and the bill to tow you out of the ditch you're stuck in or the hill you're stuck on. And um, tires. I know everybody says this, but. Um, after having gone off road after getting all these for the first time, it really, it really shows. Um, and I guess that's, uh, that that's where I am in like my, uh, my car life right now. It's, you know, I've, I've had that first like real off road experience and everybody says it and it's 110% true. So skid plates, tires, um, and eccentric design stickers. Cause they look awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, well, hey, thanks for taking the time to to do the podcast and uh, talking to me. And uh, it was nice. You know, it's I I think this will be a good resource for people who, especially for me, because, you know, I'm still new to this community and I'm learning a lot. So I'm, I'll be learning a lot from the guests that I have on and, you know, just going through people's Instagram pages and stuff. Um, but it'll, I, I want it to be a good resource for other people who are new to the community and, there's going to be people buying Subarus every day. So I hope that a lot of people will hear this and, and really like it and start to, um, you know, get, get a lot from it. So, so thanks. Yeah, it's my, it's my pleasure. And I guess it's important to keep in mind that all of my thoughts and all every, every, my perspective is also somebody who's brand new too. Like I could be completely wrong on some of this stuff. Um, and anybody feel free to let us know. Cause I am not, opposed to being corrected but um that's that's um how i'm seeing things right now and it's it is like really interesting and i can't wait to see who else you have on because i think they're i'd definitely be i can't wait to hear some more seasoned veterans people who've you know taken their car off road for years and stuff and that i think when you when you you listen to something like this and then that side by side that's going to be really cool yeah so i have some other guests um lined up and i would i would I definitely would like to get to some of the bigger accounts, but just to let everybody know out there listening, this podcast is not for people who have a certain number of followers or a certain number of mods or anything. This, this platform is open to anybody and everybody who just has a passion for their car and a passion for this community, um, wants to talk about, you know, getting together with friends, whatever, you know, what do you do in your car? So that's what this is about. It's all about you. Thanks again for uh, for coming on and, uh, you know, have a good night. Hey, there we go. We did it. Another one. Uh, so who's going to be next? Well, I've already recorded the next one and I have some other ones lined up to come up next. And those those should be done next week, I believe, for the following weeks. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this again and uh, keep sharing, keep uh, sending the comments and subscribe. 
if you haven't already, and tell other people to subscribe and keep telling them about it. Uh, and if you want to be on, just uh, let me know. Don't be afraid to send me a message at Pearl the Cross Trek. So I uh, will see you on the next one. Have a great week, everybody. I want to give a shout out to Claire Carreras for providing the intro and outro music. Also, check out her business, uh, her website, White Rhino Bags. You can also find White Rhino Bags on Instagram.